Welcome to the Reflections on Parkinson's Disease podcast. In this podcast, we hope to demystify Parkinson's disease, looking at everything from the basics to the cutting edge. Whether you are a healthcare professional, sufferer, carer, or family member looking to learn more, leading experts, Professor Baz Bloom and Professor Werner Poover will help uncomplicate the subject. Orwin presents Reflections on Parkinson's Disease podcast. Welcome, everyone, and welcome back in this uh, podcast series, Reflections on Parkinson's Disease, that I'm presenting with my good friend and close colleague, Professor Werner Purve of Innsbruck. My name is Bas Bloom. Um, we're delighted to see you again in this uh, new episode on, on off fluctuations, the hardship of these fluctuations for people with Parkinson's disease. But before we get to the business, Werner, how have you been? It's been a little while since we last spoke. Yeah, Buzz, great to see you and hear you again. Yeah, it's been a little while. Um, we had tremendous feedback, don't you think, for from the previous podcast? I heard from one of my daughters who's in medical school that also the medical students there in Berlin liked it, and that was good news. Have you heard similar I, things? I've heard comments both about the quality uh, I must say the equipment is outstanding uh, that we have here, and it looks cool. Uh, but also the content was really well received. I have a, I work quite closely with family practitioners, um, and they felt it was very informative because they lacked the deep knowledge um, in Parkinson's, and they really enjoyed listening to our discussion. So let's yeah. see if we can make them happy again today. And we should say um, for our audience, of course, the previous podcast as as this one of today were made possible through support from Bial and I, I think I'm speaking on behalf of both of you, us uh, in saying that we're grateful of course for Bial to helping with this. So uh, today is about uh, the hardship of on-off fluctuations now for a Parkinson expert like yourself uh, that is a term that you maybe use multiple times each day but I can imagine that this is maybe less well known to people uh, who don't work as intensively with Parkinson patients as you do. Can you just explain to the people what, what is on-off fluctuation? So what does it entail? I, I think that's a fair point you're making, Buzz. In fact, this English terminology of, of on and off in, in some languages, you know, patients are, are puzzled by this and they use it, but they don't quite understand what it is. Um, and of course, it, it's the analogy referring to the switch function of, of turning a switch on or off on your device, like a light switch. And it's really a nice phrase to capture the, the sudden transitions that occur in patients who have developed motor fluctuations, motor response oscillations in, with chronic levodopa treatment. And it's a, a very um, telling illustration of this all or none property of the levodopa response. You know, sometimes, particularly, and we'll come to that maybe later, when uh, people with Parkinson's disease who are affected by fluctuations and dyskinesis, when they ask you, well, these dyskinesis are, aren't they an overdose phenomenon? Can't we go down with the dose? Um, I, I have to explain to them that, you know, lowering a dose below threshold means losing the response, both the wanted response on mobility and the dyskinesia. So it's really an all or none thing. You either get the full package of the effect or you don't. And this is why you either on 
your switch is on and the effects are there or you're off and, and they're gone. So, and you know, you and I talked about an appropriate title and we, we used the word hardship. Can you just, this was your mm, yeah, wording. I, I, th I, I, th I thought it is, it is there, there are so many hardships in the mm. off condition. But there are also some problems, Bas, as you well know, and as you've alerted us in the community, and I'm sure your patients and the people you educate, the on, the good thing, the on, that's what we're trying to achieve as best as possible, continuous on where symptoms are controlled, is not necessarily always um, just good, isn't it? There's this good on, and but also this bad on. Yeah, so the, and this is very important, I think, for everybody to understand, you know, when, when people turn on, so when the medication is working well, sometimes the medication overshoots its target, and people develop involuntary movements, which are called dyskinesias, and these dyskinesias can be separated into either mild and acceptable dyskinesias, or truly violent, gross movements that lead to sweating, weight loss, fatigue, they cost energy, and obviously those violent dyskinesia should not be accepted. Many patients definitely in the early stages um, um, of Parkinson's develop milder dyskinesias, and I've really learned a lot from the work by Professor Jay Nott, another good friend and colleague, who showed that once these dyskinesias develop, they become more or less an inevitable part of being in a good on state. And if you ask patients what they prefer, they would accept mild dyskinesias any time over being in this terrible off state. But sometimes we see particularly spouses um, worried about the dyskinesias. And then you need to carefully explain to them that mild involuntary movements can be acceptable and obviously not the wild dyskinesias. Is this something that you also see this concern about, you know, with yeah. family members? Exactly. Um, and that's something we as, as treating physicians have to have to be careful that we, we we're not pushed into treating the discomfort of a spouse at the expense of the comfort of the patient. And of course, it's for spouses, particularly, it may be socially embarrassing to see their loved one twitching and moving, while mm -hmm. the affected individual may feel free and mobile and may not be bothered at all or only minimally by the involuntary movement because the, all the motor acts that are important of walking and the buttoning up of shirts or the drinking from the cup, they may all be quite possible. Um, and therefore, um, the point you're making, I think, is, is, is important. There are troublesome dyskinesias which we need to treat and reduce, and there are non-troublesome dyskinesias. And that's all from the subject's perspective. There's only one person really to reliably assess whether or not dyskinesias are troublesome, and that's the individual who is affected, the patient. Now, of course, the thing is you only see these response fluctuations in treated patients. So the medication is often blamed, uh, and partially, perhaps rightly so, so what I still see a lot in my daily practice is people who say, well, um, I'm truly handicapped by my Parkinson, but don't give me any med medication because I don't want to lose my honeymoon yes. period. I want yes. to postpone these dyskinesia. Is that a good strategy for patients? 
no, if, um, this is not a good strategy. This is paying a price for almost no benefit. It's uh, forestalling a treatment that could really make a huge difference to every day's quality of life, uh, hoping for something to be gained from it in the future. And that's just not the case. Uh, all that is gained by delaying levodopa is that when it is finally started, the interval tour between start and development of dyskinesias and fluctuations will be all that shorter. So that's not a good idea. Yeah, um, no, I absolutely agree. It, it might be good to quickly mention the wonderful study in brain by Roberto Celia, where he compared African patients who by necessity and lack of availability of medication were forced to postpone their medication. It wasn't a choice. And when they finally ended up starting the medication, they had a catch up sprint and soon started to look identical to fellow Italian patients who had started the medication much earlier, but as you pointed out, had years of disability that was potentially avoidable had they been given access to the medication earlier. You mentioned something, Bas, um, and, and, and I kind of went over it uh, a few moments ago when you, when, we, when, we, when you were referring to this hardship thing in the title, the hardship of being off. And I wanted to, to, to emphasize switching off is, is really a, a terrible experience mm. for, for, I think, two main reasons. One is all the symptoms of Parkinsonism, motor and non-motor, that would come back in the, in the off, uh, but also the um, suddenness of this event yeah. occurring uh, in situations that are not at all suitable someone who may be on and fully mobile being in the supermarket getting everything from the shelves without problems putting it into the cart moving to the cashier all fine and then as it comes to paying and pulling up the purse or the credit card the heavy shaking sets in the trembling incapacitating that subject People are queuing behind and getting nervous and impatient. The cashier is getting impatient. These are really terrible things just for the timing of it, uh, of course, in conjunction with, with severity. Um, and the other aspect, Vaz, I'd, I'd like to invite you to comment on is this, this other phase of the off, not only the recurring motor problems of PD, like trembling, the stiffness, the slowness of movement, the inability to, to make steps even in, in, in bad cases. Uh, there's this non-motor phase also of off periods. No, absolutely, Werner. The, the handicap of the off periods is compounded by the non-motor symptoms, which also worsen. So many of the non-motor symptoms are also partially DOPA responsive which means that people in an off state are not only unable to walk properly, have more tremor, but they're also in pain. They can be anxious, depressed, um, and, and particularly this anxiety and depression is truly terrible to see also for the spouse. So there is a lot more to the uh, off state than just the worsening of the motor symptoms. And I think this is why a number of studies have shown that these response fluctuations rank very highly among the top priorities for patients. If I sit down in my clinic with patients, I always ask them to give me their top three or their top two, and not rarely, you know, treating this unpredictability and getting rid of the off state is high on their wish list. 
truly, truly the case, uh, Bas. And luckily, I should say, um, this is the part of motor complications in Parkinson's disease, the on-off fluctuation, where we have the, the largest armamentarium, as it were, to help. Um, and it is clearly a source of disability. We can oftentimes reduce significantly by adapting medication strategies. And we hope when in closing of today's um, podcast, we both hope that many of you will turn to us also for the next one. Um, we are looking forward to receiving your feedback. So don't hesitate to make suggestions, comments of what else we could cover, even to the point that you might want to see us invite someone, someone of your favorite Parkinsonologists to another podcast event. You can either use your social media channels to put down these feedbacks or use um, the email address of the, the of editor at oran.com. Um, please let us know and we'll be happy to to think about and incorporate your suggestions. So thanking Bial again, thanking you, Bas, for being such a such a wonderful colleague and, and partner. Um, and we hope to see you all again next time. See you soon. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and look forward to seeing you next time. Don't forget to stay up to date with all the latest discussions and help spread awareness. Follow and subscribe. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform and oroin.com.